to the Pedagogy Toolkit Podcast. I'm Alex Dowell. And I'm Chirinir Tiaga. So in this episode, we will discuss Blackboard Ultra and how you can design your course to benefit a mobile-friendly learning experience. Before we dive into that, I did want to kick us off with a question here. Uh, Trini, have you ever heard of doom scrolling? Doom scrolling? No, I haven't. What's doom scrolling? Well, there's quite possibly a psychology or sociology expert out there who might be listening at this moment who could correct my explanation because I'm going to go very simplistic here. But essentially, it is the constant scrolling or searching of social media, news outlets, on our devices as we search for bad news, shock value. It's normally done at a subconscious level for the release of cortisol and dopamine in our systems. It's meant to relieve stress levels. And mindless scrolling uh, that is built into that is a part of it. It's not accidental. These news sites, these social media sites, they're infinite by design, meant to keep us interfacing so that advertisements can be maximized. As we scroll, data is collected for our usage. It reinforces the triggers which keep us engaged. There's a clinical psychiatrist, Stephanie J. Wong, helps explain doom scrolling a little bit on Endocrine Web. We'll link the article in this podcast. It's an evolutionary response, essentially. Fight, a, fight or flight, right? You know, we are in the right. middle of this evolutionary situation where our ancestors had to really fight for their lives. And when stress and things were happening, uh, being chased by predators, they had to react. And so we've carried that through in our evolution to today where we will still undergo different stress levels uh, for studying for finals, preparing for big presentations. Um, but we will go to things like social media or the news for that trigger of adrenaline or cortisol as we see things online that trigger those same responses. These have negative side effects. Uh, It really can affect digestion, headaches, heart disease, weight gain, anxiety, sexual side effects, uh, high blood pressure. Anyone who's teaching college students right now, uh, really kind of any age range, can relate to a lot of the struggles that I think people see So if doom scrolling is so hazardous to our health, why do we do it? Dr. Wong had said that she would liken it to a car crash. If we're watching something happen, you just can't turn away. Have you heard the term rubbernecking? Have I? Have you heard of the term? I know. (laughs) No, I don't think I have. So rubbernecking, it's like when you, it might be something growing up in Missouri, we used to say, I'm sure there's Uh. a few people listening, but it's a thing when you're driving on the highway and you, there's an accident and there's, you know, the ambulance is there and the fire truck oh, and you drive by everybody's slowing and everybody's down. Slow down and you turn and you look you just can't help it like right. and accidents can happen right. from people rubbing it because then you hit the person in front of you because right. you're not paying attention it's being similar, distracted right? yeah it's the similar kind of experience but happening inside of our mobile devices and so i'm sure some of these these components these aspects aspects we're talking about can really relate with anyone who's listening who teaches um, because we are always on our phone And so um, online learners are connected um, through their phones, not just to social media, not just to the news sites, but also to learning management systems that we teach through. And so for better or worse, like they're here to stay. There was actually a a survey from 2021, uh, Wiley Educational Services surveyed over 3,000 college learners across multiple demographics to gain insights about online learning habits, including mobile device use. And so they do share some of those results um, at a quick glance. And there's probably a question that we're begging here as our listeners would probably wonder if they're online instructors, um, what would that be? 
So maybe you're thinking you don't want students to use Blackboard on a phone or that maybe your course really can't be taken on a phone. So don't give up on that idea just yet because our new Blackboard Ultra updates are bringing in a new experience uh, that is mobile friendly and you can use that for your benefit. And to, to kind of reiterate that reality that if we can integrate something through something like Blackboard Ultra, we're going to meet students where they're at already. That Wiley Educational Services survey showed that of those surveyed, the 3,000 survey, 21% want to complete all of their online coursework through mobile devices. Over half of them want to use mobile devices to complete most or some of their course-related activities. And then 64% of those students check grades through their phones. And then um, almost half of them communicate with professors through their phone. So use their email um, and other things like that on their phone. Yeah, a third of them are completing digital readings. Another third are completing videos or multimedia learning. Even 21%, basically one out of every five of these students being surveyed are completing graded activities. So when you're asking for assessments or learning activities to be submitted that come with a grade, some of them are, are doing this on their phone. And that includes quizzes. So yeah. Blackboard quizzes can be taken on the phone. And uh, whether and you may not know this, but your students might already be using their phones to complete your quizzes. Yeah, I taught a section um, in one of the colleges here on campus last fall. And majority of students were submitting, we were maybe doing written coursework in class, like on paper, but they were submitting through their phones. They weren't then scanning to a computer to then upload. They, right. Everything was being done with their mobiles. They would take pictures of Absolutely. their coursework um, on their phone and then directly uploading it from the phone to Blackboard on the app. Yeah. From, from this survey, only 11% of the 3,000 surveyed said they did not use a mobile device at all, which I found shocking because I would have been one of those people who fell in that category when I completed my online degree um, over the last two years. I'm clearly in the minority. I was also on the higher echelon of the age range of those surveyed, so there is a little bit of a generational divide here too. Right, and I I'm in the same boat. I never did any of my coursework on my phone other than maybe check my email and maybe talk to my professors. But other than that, as far as maybe writing a paper, I never did that on my phone. But students now have that opportunity. They are able to use Microsoft Word and things like that on their phone to complete their work. Absolutely. And so we've we've been kind of circling around Blackboard and Blackboard Ultra at this point. I think this is where we really can really pull it together with the idea of like the mindless doom scroll and the fact that students are going to be on their phones no matter what. Like pretty much any tool or technology out there, the smartphone is neutral in its essence, but how it is delivered and what kind of technologies we're interfacing with on it can affect positive or negative outcomes in the delivery and implementation. So we want to leverage the smartphones that students are already using to create positive learning environments to meet those students where they're at. And how can we then create that, that type of design? That's really the question we're going to dig into for the remainder of the podcast here. That's correct. So use your students' already existing habits to your advantage. Yeah. And so Blackboard Ultra recently launched a couple of years ago and is, at least at our university, going to be fully implemented over the course of the next several years, really has a lot of design features that are meant to be mobile friendly, user first, but it can also help affect those healthier habits when done intentionally. I mean, it is built with that mobile first 
um, responsive design across all platforms. So the the integration of going from a mobile to a laptop or to a tablet, it's going to look the same as far as the, the ratios, the screen, the navigation, everything like that. It's got that learner-first design intent. And so really it allows students to navigate, um, whether they're on a phone or in front of a computer without any kind of trade-off of, okay, now I have to switch to think about how to use this in a different way. I'm using it the exact same way as I would on a phone, as I would on a laptop. And let me explain how doom scrolling kind of applies in Blackboard Ultra. In the original version of Ultra, we are used to having our lesson folders um, listed one after the other. And to get to a folder and back, you'd have to click in and then click out, right? You have to go back. But instead of that, in Ultra... Um, the reason that we say doom scrolling is because all of these folders are expandable. Mm-hmm. You can expand the folders and then collapse them as you scroll through. So your scrolling becomes longer and longer as you expand each of these folders. Yeah. And so with that, the doom scroll could be very problematic, I think is what we're, we're circling around if you don't build this with intentional design. You're just going to force students to to search and search and search for information. But if we can customize and move this in a in a framework that really allows them to go from module to content folder to content, then they can just click away from that once they're done and then move to the next. What's great about it is the forced sequence opportunity. So you can build Blackboard Ultra in a way where students have to move sequentially right. and they're not moving to the left navigation like they used to in original as often. Most of those features have been not taken away, but just retooled into the main navigation so that if students, if you want a student to just, hey, click and go um, step by step, that's going to be naturally there for them. And also, um, I believe a lot of students, you know, waiting for that last minute work, they will click on the folder and jump straight to the assignment that they need to do. So instead, you can, in, in Blackboard Ultra, you can actually go ahead and have them start with the introduction to the folder and then they have to click next to go to the next video. So you can even line up your videos, your lecture videos in a way that you can have them, you know, part one, two, three, just follow up um, based on the way that you want them to watch your lecture videos. Absolutely. One other key feature that's been updated that I think is going to be really beneficial for modern users, current students, is the discussion boards. So Blackboard Originals discussion boards were very unique to Blackboard. Uh, They don't really exist in a functionality that students are using in any other Not in social media. Right. But now the way that you can customize Blackboard discussion boards in the way they've already been pre-built, they mimic that intuitive design. Students can create a profile photo. Their comments will show right next to their profile photo. You're building it more into a comment thread versus just a subject header with posts and then sub posts. That's correct. So uh, we no longer have to click on individual posts to go in to look at the post and the comments. It is set up more like a post and comments. You, you can scroll through the comments as you go. Yeah, absolutely. And so these are just a couple of the features that Blackboard Ultra is really beginning to integrate. Some 
instructors, I'm sure, are going to see some drawbacks. Some instructors are going to see real positives. Like I mentioned, the left navigation isn't really customizable anymore. For some instructors and online facilitators, they really want to maximize that and put all kinds of really cool functions and features in there. Except most of those features still exist in Ultra. They just are providing them in a way that the UX, the user experience, is really customized to mimic that mobile-friendly design format. This is why I think it's a good idea to talk to an instructional designer about those items that you used before in the original version of Blackboard and that you want to keep in the Ultra version. Absolutely. This is the space that we've really been working in lately to really understand what are the best practices that are going to work best, that worked well in original, that we want to keep and maximize in Ultra, yet also understand what are the functionalities and features of Ultra um, that are going to be most user-friendly and help transition away from original into Ultra. We are, are living in that right now, transitioning courses over from original to Ultra or starting fresh with new courses completely in Ultra to really get a feel for what's going on. So we definitely want to be a resource to anyone who is in that zone of building new courses or trying to refresh or uh, revamp, what can they do to help make their online content more engaging? Uh, and another thing that you might want to keep in mind is that we want students to have um, a uniform experience throughout the program. So if your course looks vastly different from the other courses in the program, they might not have a good experience in your class. So this is another reason why you might want to talk to your instructional designer and your department and program to kind of um, understand how you want and where you want your courses, uh, where, where you want your information in your courses. Absolutely. And so we will continue to work with, with faculty and instructors on how to best implement this. And we realize, again, to summarize, mobile learning isn't going away anytime soon. So we want to leverage it with you um, and your students. So we want to make sure that Blackboard Ultra is really helping anchor content and create modules with a student-first intent. We want to simplify and universalize the navigation. We want to encourage slowing down that scroll, right? We want to avoid doom scrolling. We want to focus on the now of content and not have students jump from place to place, um, but really kind of create this small necessary um, design, not with infinite design in mind, but with intentional design in mind. And so those mobile devices can encourage those unhealthy habits. We don't want Blackboard Ultra to contribute to that. Um, we want those online learners who are using mobile devices, at least for some of their coursework, we want them to maximize that experience. And so it definitely helps become that innovative user-centric mobile-first design that can engineer that intentionality and keep learners away from mindlessly scrolling or unintentionally scrolling on their devices while they're trying to learn if they're going to be doing that anyway. Shrini, do you have any last thoughts? Um, I just want to say don't give up on mobile devices just yet because students do use mobile devices to do even the simple tasks like check on due dates, check announcements, course messages, and even sometimes respond to discussions. So don't give up on it yet. Absolutely. The future is here. The future is now. We're going to continue to see how we yes. can build online learning to also be mobile learning. So there are several great tips articles uh, that we will link in this podcast that help you navigate how to use Blackboard Ultra if you are new to it. And as always, you can reach out to us. We are more than happy to help. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Pedagogy Toolkit Podcast.